0: blog talk radio interviewing your favorite musicians comedians and other creative souls this is the carrie edelman show hey everyone and welcome to the carrie edelman show We have the amazing Hard Rock Metal Band Black Light District coming on momentarily. So it's a pleasure and honor to have these guys on tonight. They are hitting it big right now. They're on tour with Saving Able, and I'm going to do a nice introduction for them in a moment. I want to thank everyone who is joining the show tonight. If for some reason you cannot tune in, a podcast will be available of the interview after it is over so Blacklight District Tonight is one of the many bands that I've been fortunate to interview over the past couple of years since I started this show. Uh, some of the other bands have included Smile Empty Soul, Soil, i Empire. Candlelight Red, Art of Dying, Eve to Adam, otherwise, and the list goes on. So please support all these amazing bands. I started this show with the concept in mind to create a where I bring people on in the entertainment industry. I interview everyone from musicians to comedians to filmmakers, entrepreneurs. And a little bit about my background, I started this show because... I'm an independent artist and I know personally how difficult and challenging it can be. I have an album out as a solo artist, Um, I have a radio show, I do some writing for some magazines, but my career is predominantly as a clinical and forensic psychologist, that's what I have my doctorate degree in and that's what I work in full time, so I really wanted to combine my passion for interviewing and my other background, the entertainment industry, so I created this forum. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com and you can call in tonight at 805-243-1320 and the information is also in the chat room but I will be predominantly focused on the interview since I am a one-person show here. Um, So let me tell you guys a little bit about Black White District and before I mention that. I also just like to put a couple of disclaimers out there. Um, Although I mentioned I'm a psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any type of formal therapy, even though I have a great sense of humor and a lot of my uh, guests like to joke around just about how sometimes crazy the entertainment industry can be. So that is cool and fine. We can do that and have a lot of fun. And also, if you want to bring up any potentially humiliating or embarrassing stories, just please leave out any personal identifying information. All right, so tonight we are going to learn all about Blacklight District. This band did a lot of research on these guys. They have been around since the early 2000s, and they've really demonstrated over the years what hard work, motivation, and perseverance um, means because this band has really worked hard to make it to becoming a major national act today. They combine hard rock and heavy metal with new age electronic and also industrial elements, and I really personally feel that these guys have unique and original sound that is all their own so I'm sorry about that there was just a a beep coming through on the line so fans of these guys are going to be very familiar with their first album which was titled this is where it ends and it features the hit singles I'm still right here behind Um, these guys also have a new amazing EP out that is titled with me now and it has uh, two different EPs so please go to iTunes Amazon check it out The hit singles off of it are are making some major impact, uh, Take Me to the Grave, as well as the title track with me now has hit number one on SiriusXM Octane and also has hit the top 100 U.S. active charts. So as I mentioned, check these guys out. Go to bldmusic.com. They are on tour with Saving Able as well as Three Years Hollow and some other amazing bands. And uh, let's bring them on and
1: start the interview.
0: Hey, Kyle, how are you?
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Nothing much. What's going on with you?
1: Oh, we're uh, chilling in a motel outside of Cleveland, Ohio right now. I got a couple okay. of days off.
0: Very cool, very cool. So where's your next show going to be? And then we'll we'll get into the
1: interview. Um, The next show is... In Michigan somewhere I believe. I don't have the list in front of me. It gets kinda of hectic okay. when uh Oh yeah, yeah. Chesterfield, right outside of Detroit at uh, the Diesel Lounge. Uh nice. The thirtieth. The thirtieth, so excited to come back to the Detroit area. They show us love on the radio, so uh yeah, yeah, it's good.
0: Very cool. And as we get into the interview we'll definitely plug your website and the tour that you guys are on with all the amazing bands that you are, you know, currently working with, so it's Great to have you guys on tonight, and uh, let's start out. I always like to get, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a psychologist, and I really like to take a different um, angle with my interview. But again, I'm very flexible and open-minded. So if you want to go in a certain direction, feel free at any point to just you know intervene or or pull it in whatever direction you want to go. So sure. tell me a little bit. Okay, tell me a little bit about Kyle. Where did you grow up? Was it in South Dakota? And tell me a little bit about what you were like as a kid growing up what were some of the things that you're you were interested in
1: um well i actually grew up kind of right outside the chicago area for like my first 10 years of life uh, with my grandparents and uh moved to south dakota sometime in the like the late 90s or whatever and you know i was actually into music pretty early on you know uh i loved some fleetwood mac i had my grandparents buy me a good sears drum set and um so music's always been there. A lot of people in my family play music. Um, and it's just kind of always been one of those things, you know. I mean, pretty average stuff, went to school, all that kind of thing. But uh, music was always the main uh, focus for me growing up.
0: Cool. Was there anyone specific in your family that inspired you? Do you remember a moment, you know, growing up as a kid where maybe you were watching something TV on TV or you had a family member that was kind of like, you know, a driving force for you to get interested in it?
1: Right. Yeah, my uh, my Uncle Dean, he might be listening out there somewhere. Um <laughs> yeah, well, it's cool because I'm a lefty guitar player and there's not a lot of those, but uh he was he's a lefty as well and I was grew up uh watching him play when I was a little kid and that was definitely a big influence and then uh yeah, I started getting into some bands and stuff and started picking up guitar and uh it all just kind of transpired from that, really, so.
0: Nice. So you originally started just to digress. You originally started on drums because
1: you said your grandparents had bought you a, a set of drums. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I uh, I've done I've done it all really. I started out on drums, uh, wanted to do that, and then I then I kind of got out of music for a year and just kind of hung out. I was into my WWE wrestling when I was a kid and stuff like that. Okay. You know nor- normal things and. uh, um, about a year later, my uncle, uh, the guitar player came up and visited me for a week and he played me, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears album. And, uh, I basically been, been hooked ever since then. So, uh, yeah, Ozzy was definitely probably the start of like the real, uh, you know, taking it all seriously. And then I wanted to be a singer. So I sang for a while. Then, uh, I started getting into Ozzy's guitar players like Randy Rhodes. And, uh, that's kind of where the trends, uh, the uh, switch happened to uh, permanent guitar playing, so.
0: Nice, nice. So as a kid, yeah. was this something like you dreamed of doing, like you were just like, this is what I really want to do? Did you have any, you know, alternative plans or, or backup routes if, God forbid, music didn't, you know, work out in the way that you wanted it to?
1: Right. Well, you know, when I was younger, I always thought about, you know, certain things. Maybe I would have been a swell police officer or something, but uh, I never really <laughs> had any... uh you know uh, specific backup plan, as you say, um, mm-hmm. but you know pe- people always say to have you know i mean it's definitely a good idea to have like a backup plan and stuff, but uh I always put uh i don't I don't look at it as uh worrying about something failing, I put all my effort into making what mm-hmm. I want to happen happen, so uh it was always a hundred percent focus on on the music cool, very cool,
0: so tell me a little bit about when you. I guess it was when you moved to South Dakota is that when you met the lead singer who you've been with basically, you know, since you guys were like 12 years old, tell us a little bit about kind of how that came together and how you met him.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I just jammed basically all my friends bought instruments. We jam in my basement, I guess in fifth grade, I met Roman who's actually sitting right here, um, in class or whatever. And, it was really nothing. I just said, do you want to jam like randomly? And he came up and what did you do drums at first or something? He started playing <laughs> drums and I was singing at the time and every week we'd switch. So the next week I'd be playing drums and he'd be playing bass. And it was just like uh it was not a real thing, you know, but we were just having a really good time. And, uh, it just kind of just came from that. You know, we just started playing locally in the area as little kids doing coffee shops and sounding like we were 12 years old. but uh, just having a real good time with it, so um, you can imagine, I bet, but, uh, yeah, it really just started from those, like, early basement jams, everyone started getting really inspired by the music, and uh, we just wanted to, you know, take this thing as far as we could, and it's cool to say that 10 years later, here we are at our peak right now, which is great. Yeah,
0: that's, it's amazing. It really is. Because, you know, you think little kids 12 years old to sustain a relationship like that, like you're saying, over, you know, 10-plus years and get to where you guys are today, was there any, you know, creative differences or personality conflicts along the way that you and Roman might have encountered, or did you guys just always pretty much get along and, you know, were on the same page, so to speak?
1: Um, I don't know. I think it went pretty smooth, you know, like there wasn't really mm-hmm. any... Uh... I mean, what well, was cool because we all listened to kind of the same stuff and all kind of wanted a certain um, sound, I guess, for the music and the band. And um, it really went smooth. I mean, I can't really recall any times where, you know, we disagree on something major. I mean, sure, you know, if someone has a lyric and someone makes a different lyric work, that's common. But uh, it's pretty right. smooth. I, mean, I think that's what's made it work so long is that, uh, you know, uh, just the history and starting at the very bottom and being able to work it up, you know, with the two original guys that started the band is really cool. So that's uh, good stuff. Definitely. How did you
0: guys um, come up with the name for the band? Where did, you, where did that kind of originate from, and is there any, you know, relevance or, or meaning behind it?
1: Well, it's funny. We started out, we were called Deadlocked for a long time. Okay. Just thinking going back to those <laughs> days, and. Uh, then we went. We were called Dangertainment for a little bit. We thought that was folk so clever. Um, Which one was that? Danger was, what? Dangertainment, like entertainment.
0: Okay. Yeah, we thought <laughs> we, we thought
1: we'd be cool and put a little danger in it, you know. Um, nice. But uh, you know, after a while, we started getting kind of hot when we were around 15, 16, Started packing houses, and uh, we just thought it was time to, you know, pick a name. And we'd sit there and for days and weeks, and everyone would get you know write down names. Occasionally, you'd get a serious one or two. And mm-hmm. uh, somebody said uh, red, the red light district, and uh, we thought that was cool. Which is like, how about the black light district? Like when you think of red light district, you think of like Amsterdam and that whole thing going on over right. there. And, uh, <laughs> we thought we'd uh, just call it black light and add add a little dark rock and roll edge to it. So there's really no meaning. It's just kind of. Uh, the lifestyle yes. of what you think of the red light district in a dark way, I suppose. So.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. Let's do this. Cause I want to talk a lot a bit about, you know, you guys meeting some of the major producers you're working with and all that good stuff. So let's play uh, with me now and, and please share with us. Cause I saw you guys posting some unbelievable information about what's going on with some of the, the singles right now. And I mentioned, you know, in the beginning that they've hit serious XM's octane biggins, number one and all that good stuff. So Tell us a little right. bit about that song, the meaning, and uh, where you guys are at right now with it in the uh, the world of rock.
1: Well, it's it's cool because actually today uh, we officially hit top forty on the U.S. rock charts at number thirty six, which is a uh, uh, a real milestone in the career for us, which is amazing to be uh, to think of us. Like it's still weird to think that we're like one of the top forty most played tracks in the country. It's
0: um, amazing. So
1: that's like congratulations. A, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Thank you. Um, the song, yeah, uh, Octane, Sirius XM picked it up early on, and, you know, they believed in it, and after a few weeks, you know, the fans just started requesting it, and ended up five weeks at number one, and we're still, I think, number three in the playlist, and five months, some later, so it shows the track just has a, a legs, as the radio people would say. Um, but uh, the track itself is just basically about, like, the general lifestyle, I guess we live, in embracing uh you know embracing the fun moments in life and not worrying about anything and just having a good time and i think that's why people can relate to the song so much is because it's like it's like the party anthem you know you're not thinking about anything Mm -hmm. else you're just living the moment jamming and all that um yeah that's basically it about the song it's just it's one of our favorites to play live we get such a reaction off it every night and uh it's just amazing what it's done for us. So uh, definitely uh, it's great. Uh, props to with me now. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, congratulations to you guys. As I said in the beginning, you guys have worked extremely hard to get to where you are today, and you deserve every bit of uh, success that you're having. So let's do this, Thanks. Kyle. I'll put you on hold, and we're going to check out the song. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a whole lot more about uh, the band and where you guys are headed, all right? That sounds good. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Kyle, the guitarist. He's calling in right now. They are on tour with Saving Abel from Blacklight District. We're going to check out their hit single, With Me Now. When we come back, we're going to learn more about the band, their amazing musical journey, and everything that is in store for 2014. So here we go, their hit single, With Me Now.
1: Got no time for my game, I put it on a shelf, and this money and fame ain't gonna earn themselves. I'm not wasting my time, you better recognize, the thing hustle, the pain, the redness in my eyes. When the pressure comes down, you throw the towel in, but for me and my crew, that's where
0: Everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Elliman Show. Again, their hit single, With Me Now, as you mentioned, it just hit the top 40 on the rock chart, so check these guys out. Please purchase their EP. It is two parts, one and two. You can go to bldmusic.com, as well as, I'm sure, just check them out on iTunes, Amazon Music, all the major digital sites. All right, so let's bring Kyle and the band back on. All right, Yo. Kyle, awesome, awesome track. Very cool stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. Are all of you guys uh, trained in the sense that you guys all take lessons musically, or does it come naturally? Tell us a little bit about
1: that background. Um, you know, really, um, none of us really took lessons. I think uh, we all just kind of grew up imitating our favorite musician, mm-hmm. just just learning uh you know, uh, we all learn, I'm sure, tabs and stuff like that and just kind of learn how to play, watch videos and stuff. So none of us actually have any uh, uh, training per se, but, uh, you know, I think that just comes with kind of, uh, you know, following maybe your idols and all that. So um, it's pretty sure. basic stuff but we've, we've grown into, you know, especially touring, I think we've grown into uh, true professionals at this point. Very cool, very cool, well
0: put. Well, no, I mean, a a lot of people have said that, you know, it's just either something natural or, like you're saying, they just kind of self-taught themselves, so, you know, that's not typical to hear that. There you go. (laughs) So let's, let's digress a little bit, because in order to get to where you guys are today, you know, it's interesting, some of the stuff I read about, you know, your background and as you guys were progressing and, you know, getting bigger over the years, so how did you guys tell us a story about how you, you there? Yeah. Yep. I'm here. Oh, okay. okay. So there was a little feedback or something. Tell us about how you caught the attention of the Grammy award winning producer, Stephen Short in 2011. What was, you know, tell us that background and the story behind that as that led into your first, you know, album that you guys put out. Yes. Um,
1: well, we had been, uh, cause we were from like a small area in South Dakota and, uh, We've been considering, you know, moving to a, like, major city to kind of, you know, uh, have a bigger market to try and break into with, you know. In our area, you could really play only once every couple months because it's so small. So, And we had that problem before when we were playing every two weeks back in houses. The audience would, you know, dwindle down after a few months of seeing the same show every two weeks. So it's like we had to go somewhere else. So we went to L.A. and I would sent uh, Stephen Short some uh, – just some demos and just some stuff. And he agreed to meet with us out there. So we went out, met up with him, uh, met him in LA and uh, just kind of hit it off, you know, and he had some good ideas. We were talking with a couple of the producers at the time, but uh, his way just kind of seemed right for us at the time. And, um, you know, two months later, he took us to Sonic Ranch studios right outside of Mexico in Texas. And uh, we went down there and cut that first, uh, uh, album demo, whatever it's called, and uh, yeah, it was really a privilege to work with him. So nice,
0: nice. And at that time, I'm assuming, and I'd want to talk a little bit about it because I thought it was really interesting when I read how the drummer and bass player and please, you know, as we talk, please, you know, introduce and plug everyone's name. How you guys met up with them, which was just kind of fascinating. So when you recorded, <laughs> this is where it ends. I'm assuming you had a different bass player and drummer at the time.
1: We did, yes. Um, It was kind of a cool story. Uh, From South Dakota where we're at, there was always this band we'd open up for who was kind of bigger in the area, and uh, their lead guitar player actually ended up being our bass player, and uh, so it was cool because we used to open for him all the time, and we were really good friends. He lived right up the street from me and stuff, and basically after we knew we were going in the studio, I gave him a buzz because his band really wasn't doing nothing, and he's an awesome tattoo artist and all that, and... I basically called and just asked if he wanted a gig, and he was, like, so excited. and It really worked out yeah. perfect because, uh, you know, the history we have, and he came in, you know, ready to go full on and uh, still very good friends with him. So that was uh, a cool way to, you know, bring him in versus getting some random dude to session the, the record no, yeah. and stuff. Um, you know, and he stayed with us for a long time, you know what I mean? So What was, um, um if you
0: want, you know, what was the name of his band and and... His name, if you want to plug his,
1: him in. Yeah. His name was uh, Chauncey Kochel. Goes by CK. He uh, has a couple of tattoo shops, asylum tattoos down on Galveston Island in Texas. A really good friend of ours. He actually does all of our artwork and album covers, and all that kind of stuff that you see on the Internet. And nice. uh, his band, yeah, his band was called After Autumn, a uh, local band in the Black Hills. So uh, he was uh, a real, real cool dude, and we're still really good friends. I was awesome to Very have cool. him in the studio.
0: Very cool, and then that was the guitar player, you said, and then you had different other members at that time when you were recording that album.
1: Yes, yeah, and uh, yeah. He, he played bass for us on the record. He was actually a guitar player before, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like the same situation we have now, the guitar player turned bass player. So <laughs> Gotcha.
0: <Kinda> cool. <laughs> cool. Very cool. What were some of the challenges, you think, along the way, as we start to get into talking more about, you know, how you guys met up with Jeff Hansen, your manager, and then, of course, Brett Hessler, who has done some amazing work with, um, as we know, Dark, My Darkest Days and all those bands. So tell us a little bit about maybe some of the challenges in the past that you've had with, you know, um, finding the right yeah. band members. and.
1: Right. Well, finding um, or recording that first album was a, kind of an experience first because we'd never been into, like, a real studio setting. I mean, we've done local Mm -hmm. studios and stuff like that, but getting in there and it was like such a big budget project um, that there was like, you know, time limits of how long we could be in there. So, you know, honestly, I think that first album could have been a lot better if we had more time. Um, Mm -hmm. Another challenge was we didn't have any uh, backing in terms of like being able to push it to radio um, or any touring opportunities at the time. So it was a struggle just in general to, you know, go out and play L.A. every other night and try and push the band and the record and stuff when, you know, we really didn't have a full uh, team, I guess, behind us, you know, pushing it hard. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe it would have done good. Maybe it wouldn't have done good. But, uh, you know, we're proud of all the work we do and the songwriting. And I think that's one of the cool things is, uh, you know, watching the songwriting grow from that one mm-hmm. to the current one and just things like that, you know, uh, um yeah, definitely challenging in a way. And I think that's kind of what led us to start looking for a new team of people at the time. Because Stephen Short, our producer, he actually managed us for about a year after we did that recording. And it's just L.A. is just such a hard market to break in. All the right. young fans say they want to go to L.A., but I would definitely not recommend that.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just because, like you said, it's just too – I don't want to use the word
1: infested. That's not the right word, but it's overpopulated. It's, it's like just way yeah. Right. Especially oversaturated right. with bands and there's Yeah, it's just it's just crazy out there to stay. I mean, you're competing with, you know, Katy Perry at the Staples Center and whoever at this club wow. every night, so it's like Yeah. Definitely uh like that, totally.
0: But like you said, I think and I think you positively you know, framed it in a really positive way that the album itself, you know it was probably an amazing experience for you to go into a big budget studio. I mean, I was actually checking out some of the tracks last night on YouTube, and it's really good stuff, but I can see the progression over time and and where you guys are at today and it was you know just really cool to see again how hard you guys have worked and how your songwriting's developed over time so yeah, again, right. to you and it's yeah, amazing work you guys have done, Absolutely. so why don't we
1: so got got Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say it's just um, I think that first r- record just kind of gave us more experience to know what we wanted to change mm-hmm. and move forward with. So, I mean, yeah, that's that was uh, it was definitely an experience for that and for growing us as musicians.
0: Right, right. So fast forward a little bit. Tell us how you eventually met up with the manager Jeff Hansen, and, and caught his attention to get to the point that you were working with. Uh, You know Brett Hessler and you guys were moving out to Florida now, so tell us a little bit about that whole story.
1: Okay, it's a cool story. Um, Well, like I said, we lived in LA. I had always sent Jeff Hanson stuff way before we went and did that first album, just because I knew he was a big manager and worked with some really good bands that he got to really big levels, and uh, so I'd always send him things. And you know, finally, it just so happened that when we decided that we wanted to do something different he finally called and said, hey, I've been watching you guys over the last year, watching you progress, watching you work. Come to Orlando and let's do a new record. And literally within a week's time, we moved from L.A. all the way across the country to the East Coast to Orlando. Yeah, so it was pretty crazy yeah
0: um and and real quick i'm just this is something I'm so curious. I think it's because of just again my my psychology background I'm very interested in marketing and advertising, so you're sending stuff to this guy, and I'm sure this guy's getting inundated with tons of stuff from people so do right. you have any type of you know little in in terms of how you can catch this guy's attention or how does I'm just so curious with how that stuff like works
1: yeah um I think it's really you know, if you're persistent with it, but, you know, anyone could be persistent in sending emails of your demo or whatever. But I think when they see, you know, they actually see every time they get something in that if you're growing, you know, we started getting some airplay. Um, we had a video, we started doing pretty good. Um, so I think having, you know, people see that you're actually growing and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. the hard work you're doing is starting to to show through a little bit. Um, Instead of just saying, well, sense. hey, we're the same place we were a year ago. Right. right. You know what I mean? So it's, like, <laughs> right. so it's like I think for him to see that, you know, all the work we've done in the meantime uh, really shows the – because, you know, managers and people like that like to see that if they're going to put their time into you, that you're going to put your time back into them by working hard. Absolutely. So I think it's all about the, the progression you have when you're sending stuff out.
0: Cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, so sure. like you said, within a week, you guys are now from L.A. to Orlando.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was pretty oh, crazy. Long, and, and long drive. How,
0: anyway. do you, how do you pick up – I mean, you just basically pack everything up and that's it. Drive across the country?
1: I mean, it really was. I mean, our home base is South Dakota, where we're from. So we basically made the call right on the spot after we got the offer from Jeff Hansen uh, to go to Orlando. So we basically drove – stayed in our hometown for a few days. And, yeah, basically it was really just pack up from one side of the country to the other. It was really just like that. We bought a van um, and a trailer and all that and packed all our stuff Mm -hmm. up, went down there. Got a real sweet apartment, too, by the way, which was
0: cool. Nice. So
1: that helped out good. And, um, yeah, it was a little different, but uh, it was time for a change, and it was the perfect time for all that.
0: Definitely. I'm sure financially it's probably – Better out in Orlando, true, versus uh, California?
1: Um, I'd say a little bit. We had some pretty good deals uh, with our stuff in California. Um, Nice. I mean, it's similar, definitely a little less in Orlando because it's not such a big area. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was good. I mean, everything was uh, taken care of well, so we were were very happy out there.
0: Cool. So that's you and Roman, just the two of you guys, are the ones heading out to – Orlando to start working with Jeff and, and Brett.
1: Yep, yep. It started with just yep. us two, so. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: so tell that, us about. And we
1: had a, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, well, we just, we had a session uh, drummer come out with us after about a month before we went into the studio and stuff like that. So we kind of had a few people in line to to work on the record with us, but uh, it still wasn't, you know, the, the full lineup yet. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good good studio experience out there.
0: Cool. So tell us about working with, with Brett, what that experience was like, and then, of course, how the newest members were introduced to you guys literally, from what I read, you know, a couple plus weeks before you guys were going out on tour with Saving Abel. Right.
1: So tell yeah. us about
0: that that experience.
1: Cool to meet with Jeff. He, he's kind of the one that set it all up for us to work with Brett. Uh, we worked a deal with him. Uh, we, we went down and did some writing sessions and uh, Basically, once we got in the studio, I'd already talked to Brett, you know, a few months prior about what we wanted to do. And uh, we bring in a few ideas, and we just kind of let Brett know uh, what what kind of direction we wanted to go in, because we wanted to change things up a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and getting in there with Brett, who, you I know, mean, has done some amazing records. Um, so to work with him, was it was just such a, compared to the first studio experience, which was, you know, everything was timed out, and everyone had to be, you know, it was like, uh, you know, you were disciplined and all that kind of stuff. You had to be there on time at 10 in the morning and this and that, whereas right. Brett's environment is more of a – because he's a musician himself, so he kind of gets mm-hmm. it. So we go in. It was just a real relaxed environment. Um, you know, we do late-night sessions. It was usually like 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. every day. So, wow. And, you know, it would be cool because if we if we weren't feeling a vibe or something, we'd put on a movie and just chill out for an hour or two before we went back <laughs> to work. And, uh, so it would just be cool. I think that's one of the things where why the music came out so relaxed was because we were just, yeah, it was just the vibe was so good that, uh, you know, there was no pressure at the time because we had nothing to lose, really. So it was just about going in there and making some great music at that point.
0: Cool. Cool. And then to so talk about how bassist... Uh O'Neill and drummer Chris eventually are introduced to you guys and the ball gets rolling with you guys getting ready to go out on tour.
1: Yeah. Well, it started uh, that Take Me to the Grave track debuted on Octane and went to mm-hmm. number one there, which was cool, because we didn't even push it. We didn't even know it was coming out. We just started getting stuff on our like Facebook saying, hey, I'm hearing you guys on the radio. So we were very happy with that, of course. And, um, nice. Jeff also manages Saving Able and. There had been talks of getting us a slot on the tour before, and we didn't know for sure if we were ready for it. It was an acoustic tour, actually, the first one, so we were a little skeptical about that. But basically, we finished the record. We went home for a couple weeks, and we get an email saying, hey, you're going on the tour in two weeks. You're going, whether you want it or not. So (laughs) it was like a... Uh, but, I mean, in, 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 you looking back, it was a good thing that that happened. Right. But basically, I was like, all right, we don't have a drummer. We don't have a bass player. Uh, <laughs> we didn't know what we are going to do. So basically, I put out some uh, some feelers to Jeff and a couple of his people, and Brett had given me a call, I think, and said that he knew some, some guy from a band that he worked with. I, I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, basically, yeah, hooked up with him, who's the drummer now. And uh, he, it was cool because he and O'Neill, the bass player, were in a whole different band, like right up until they joined us. And I guess their band, like they, something happened with it or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was cool because he, he, the drummer we bring in, knew the bass player, who was also a guitar player, just like our first bass player, which is kind of cool. And uh, cool. he came in. We went home for those weeks. They jammed for like a week or so of it, something like that. We came back. And uh, basically sat there and watched them play the set, just those two. And uh, they just nailed it. And we, we did a re- couple rehearsals, and it wasn't really like, hey, do you want a gig? We just went on the road, and here we are still somehow. Nice. That's so, awesome. I mean, it was cool, though. It was real simple and easy. But, uh, you know, O'Neal always says it was the honeymoon tour because none of us really knew each other. You know, those two knew each right. other and me and Roman each other. So now all of a sudden we're just down the road, and uh, but everything clicked good, and uh, here we are several tours later. So,
0: That's great. That's amazing. So how long has O'Neal and Kristen with you now for about?
1: Um, just under a year. I think the tour started okay. in like, yeah, about just under a year. Um, the tour started in April, and they were with us a few weeks before then. So it's coming up on a year, but, um, you know, it's been, this has been our best year yet. So I think everyone's really happy with their positions in the band and what's happening obviously with our single and um we're just going to keep the train rolling
0: definitely definitely well speaking of this single take me to the grave let's like talk a little bit about that track and i definitely want to fit that one in tonight too and have everyone take a listen to it so uh sure. tell us about that one and any relevance or meaning behind that song
1: um well that one just started as a guitar riff i had for a while and actually the whole is going to be something completely different at had a different chorus different everything and Um, We went down and did some writing sessions and uh, just kind of changed things around a bit. And that was one of the first tracks I think we started with, uh, was that one. And we wanted to keep it nice and heavy, which is our style. Um, But we Mm -hmm. added, you know, some of the electro stuff in there. Um, I think it just came out as a cool rocking track, you know. Uh, Nothing really specifically behind it, just uh, one of those, uh, you know, late night jams with a couple cases of beer and uh, the boys start jamming and you come out with a song like Take Me to the Grave," so it's pretty simple for that one.
0: All right. Cool. Well put. All right, Kyle. Hold on again, and uh, we'll check out this amazing track, and then we will come back and talk about the tour and some other interesting uh, bits of information about you guys. All right?
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: Okay. Hold on. All right, everyone. Again, Blacklight District and the guitarist Kyle right now, who is doing a great job with the interview. So let's take a listen to Take Me to the Grave, their other hit single that you can hear in rotation on satellite radio and terrestrial and uh, check it out. So we'll be back in a moment. Again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Take Me to the Grave by Blacklight District. Again, check them out at com. All right, let's bring Kyle back on. Yo, yo, awesome.
1: yo. Awesome.
0: Yo, yo, yo. Great track. And I have to say one thing. You guys definitely know how to write hit songs that are three minutes or less, so people need to learn from you. you. Got
1: it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's You know, that's another cool thing, uh, you know, doing all this is, like, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, the songwriting is, like, another thing that we've all just grown so much, you know, when it comes to... And it's not like, I mean, we, we don't just write it specifically for, like, a radio or a hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you you always want that uh, uh, potential in a song. Sure. But, uh, but um, yeah, they just kind of come out that way. And we have some long songs on the record. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we like to be a single band that... Um, It's more like uh, an anthem-heavy kind of thing where if the people at a show can enjoy the song, that's what we like to write. We like to write a song thinking about we're going to be playing it live and the reaction you get. Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. I mean, would you recommend bands? That was an interesting way you put it. Like, you like to be a single band. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, in the way the industry is today and the way things are going, you know, that is so important to you know, write true. in that type of uh, method, so to speak, I guess. I mean, right. what recommendations would you have, you know, to people who are starting out or, or want a career in the music industry? Right.
1: Um, you know, I'd say definitely look at the, you know, uh, whatever genre of music you're looking at. You know, look at how that's done. You know, I remember when we actually finished With Me Now, uh, a lot of radio people, you do like tests and research on tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of radio people, oh that song's never going to be a rock radio song because of all the electronics in it and it just doesn't fit the cookie cutter thing and then the song comes out and we're burying Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains every week on the sales right. charts so it's like right? you know that's the thing it's like some people are like well if you're not going to sound just like Godsmack or whatever is playing on radio which is I mean honestly active rock radio is horrible I think um, but for <laughs> us to kind of come in and you know, do our own thing and make it you know a hit now, and it's keep keeps rising just shows that you don't have to follow the exact same formula as everyone thinks, although it's still within the rock radio kind of song, you know, having our own stuff in there, I think is what makes it stand out so
0: yeah, and i and like I said, I definitely said that about you guys in the beginning, that the way you integrate you know some industrial elements and the electronic type of stuff, I think. That's what makes you guys unique. And I think after a while, when you hear the same cookie-cutter stuff over and over again, everything sounds the same.
1: So That's right. That's why I think you know, rock radio has killed itself, because everybody sounds the exact same. You don't know who's who anymore, you know? And it's, right. it's just too bad. But it just seems like it's a never-ending cycle, of that happening for a lot of genres of music. So. Right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know it is. It is a shame that... Sometimes people have a hard time, you know, being open-minded and, and trying to look at things that might not fit that mold, but still is really good stuff. So, so you yes, guys got that going awesome. on, which is awesome. Oh, so yes. tell us a <laughs> I want to hear some interesting things about you guys, and I couldn't really find much, but I did find some stuff about Chris that he and I have a lot in common because I'm a forensic psychologist and I, I work in maximum security correctional facilities, and I'm a huge fan of horror. So I saw that he right. was a big horror
1: fanatic. Oh, yeah, me too, actually, absolutely. Are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I. Uh, What's your uh, favorite uh, horror film? <laughs> if I had to go with the favorite horror film, I'd say the original Halloween, 1970.
0: Nice, nice. What about Chris?
1: Um, huh. I don't remember what his favorite is. No? Um, he's, he's said it a few times. He's actually not in here, but uh, oh, I know he, thought, loves, okay. he loves it. you there? Yep, I'm here.
0: Oh, okay. okay. You cut out for a second. I'm sorry. You said, I know he loves and then you had cut out.
1: Yeah. He, I I don't actually know exactly which, which movies he did. I, uh, he says it all the time. I just can't think of it, but uh, he loves all that kind of horror stuff. And, you know, that's another thing we have in common. Uh, Yeah. Well, well, especially on tour, you watch a lot of movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So what outside of, since Chris isn't there and you can't ask him more questions, what are some other things that, you know, that are interesting about you that you enjoy, you know, some of your other passions or interests
1: outside of horror movies? Well, uh, like I said, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of that right. pro wrestling. So I, I still love watching WWE. I'm actually going to be watching here in about an hour. Okay. And, uh, and, um, I like that. We were actually going to go to the event tonight in Cleveland, uh, for Monday night, Raw, but, uh, they didn't have very good tickets, so I thought I'd have a better seat here in my bed in this hotel. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, everyone kind of likes a little everything. Uh, what do you like? What's yeah. Roman like? Uh, like for movies? Yeah. Well, here, say hi to Roman. Okay. Hello, how are you doing?
0: Hey, Roman, how are you? Amazing good. music you guys have. Congratulations Thank on all the success.
1: You. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an awesome journey so far.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So, so we were talking about some interesting things about you guys, just to have the audience, yeah. you know, outside of the music. What other things, you know, if you're into sports or like we were talking about horror movies, anything that you?
1: Yeah. You know. well, for horror movies, I guess I'd go with uh, what's that? one, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that one. Was okay. Activities. All, all activities, I like to, you know, like skateboard, you know, a little basketball cool. here and there. I like to stay active, you know, uh, mm-hmm. on the side. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, yeah, just music. So. Nice,
0: nice. And you've been playing music, I guess, ever since similar to him yep. you started at early, early age.
1: Yep, uh, I was about ten years old. I was the youngest, and uh, yeah, as Kyle said, I met him in fifth grade and just started jamming. Just picked up on the drums and went to bass guitar a little bit, and then just vocals. So cool. That's how that happened. And who are, so, yeah. who
0: are some of the influences, some of the bands that have inspired you over the years?
1: Oh, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin, Ozzy Osbourne, Sabbath. Um, Lincoln Park is like a big one. Um, nice. That really influences me. But, uh, but yeah, good, that's a good amount. So i give it back. <laughs> <I get laughs> cool. back. But, anyways, uh, Kyle, I'm going to give it back to Kyle. It was nice to meet you. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thanks, and have a great, have a great tour. Hey, now, are you a fan of Howard Stern?
1: Uh, oh, there you go. Absolutely. very Oh, big, me too. Big fan. What's we cool a lot is, in uh, common. <laughs> yeah, uh, SiriusXM just had us up in their studios and we did like uh, an exclusive, like a big interview and played some acoustic songs that they aired for about a week. And it's cool. We're sitting there in the room where we're playing and Howard Stern's studio is right up there. And we were all like, whoa, that's Howard's studio. They're like, is he in there? They're like, yeah, he's in there, and right when we're playing, uh, he he walked out, so we got to see him walk right by uh, where we were playing. So that was really cool. He leaves through the wow. freight elevator so that no one sees him, but it's just cool to, to to have that happen. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and, too. And, I'm assuming you go ahead.
1: And, well, he uh, a few weeks prior to that, because uh, I listen to his show pretty often, and uh, he actually used uh, some clips of Take Me to the Grave for his uh, intros and outros, which was very cool.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome. That's so cool. How long have you been listening to him?
1: Um, probably about three years. I mean, I used to listen occasionally, but I'd say mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, I've, I've become a regular. So uh, I'm always saying, hey, now, it's cool that you caught that. Good, good, <laughs> good
0: one. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I've been listening for a handful of years, especially since all I really listen to is Sirius XM um, radio now anyway. So yeah, that's how I found out about you guys on Octane, and I got a lot of the the bands that I've been fortunate to interview just by, you know, listening to that radio station. And,
1: uh, Very yeah, cool. I heard cool. you said you uh, interviewed uh, Art of Dying, huh?
0: Yeah, that was, gosh, I'd love to. I, I mean, are they coming out with a new album soon? I haven't
1: been really, you I know, think doing I think any. they're actually writing right now. You know, we actually nice. did a tour with them uh, on that first Saving Able tour, Art of Dying, with uh, the other band down there, so... We got to get to know those guys and play with them every night, and very awesome dudes, very awesome.
0: Yeah, great, great interview, really cool interview, and that, gosh, that had to be at least over a year ago that I that I interviewed Johnny. Yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, all those
1: guys, and it was cool on that first tour, you know that, you know, because it was our first tour, so to have all those bands, you know, treating us, and, you know, with such respect and kind of guiding us and showing us how, how it works to be on the road and stuff like that was very cool, so. That's amazing.
0: What's the one yeah. thing that you remember learning, you know, from those bands, you know, something prominent that stands out in your mind that they taught you
1: in terms of being
0: on the well, road? Well, don't,
1: a- don't trash the hotel rooms. We had to learn that the hard way. And if that, <laughs> oh, that, that, that continues to this day. We're We always struggle with the hotels, but uh, we don't purposely trash them, I tell you. But uh, no, right. you know, they just kind of taught us, you know, like to be respectful to people. I remember on the mm-hmm. first tour I was having sound issues on stage and, I yelled at the sound guy saying, you know, I couldn't hear nothing and you know, the tour manager had to have a talk with me afterward and you just kinda learn like, Aww. you know, be respectful to everybody and um you know, to you know, not make anyone look bad. So it's really just a mutual respect thing on the tour and that right now I think we're you know, saving able we're out with them right now and they said we've uh, grown a lot, so we're happy with that and um yeah, good stuff.
0: Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so please, um, again, I could interview you guys forever, but I don't want to take up all your time all night either. But, yeah, please share, you know, any other things that you guys have going on in 2014. And, of course, you're always welcome to come back on my show and promote your music when you have uh, new stuff coming out.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to come back anytime. time. Um, um, I'd say, uh, well, we're going to put out the record as a one-disc. Um, with some bonus tracks and all that stuff. And right now we're in talks with a couple of uh, uh, people that put it out and work with. So that's uh, that's kind of going on right now. Um, we're going to basically ride this single out. Hopefully we'll have a video shot soon um, as it continues to rise up the charts, which, again, we are very proud of. And, um, yeah, we're just going to stay on the road all year and just work hard. It's all about the Hi. hard work. and. Hi. You know, we we have a tour bus that's actually broke down, which is why we're here in Cleveland. We were going Aww. to get it. It's not done yet. These all oh, these buses, I tell you what, they break down so often. So we're back in the van for these these last few weeks, which has kind of been a, you know, it's weird starting in the van and getting the bus and being all luxury, and now you're back in the van. It kind of kind of makes you right. appreciate it a bit more. So <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, we're just going to keep putting out singles and keep touring and uh, uh, just looking forward to a good year of work and uh, looking forward to meeting all the fans out on the road.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, again, Kyle, it was great having you guys on. As I said, you're always welcome back on, and I just wish you guys much continued success, and uh, I'm sure there will be nothing but good things to come with you guys.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you for having us on. You know, we appreciate every interview we do, and thank you for the support, and we would love to come back on anytime.
0: Okay, great, and please promote the podcast. It'll be available once, we, once I go off the air,
1: and okay, they do cool. very well, so
0: Absolutely. definitely want people to hear all about you guys, because as I said, I really try to take a different angle and, and bring some interesting stuff out,
1: all right? It is cool. You did your research, which makes me happy. Not a lot of people do that. <laughs>
0: thank you. Well, you know, it's real quick. It's so cool, because the guy from um, Soil... The bass player, that right. Tim King that I interviewed, he had the the coolest compliment at the end, and and he said something very similar. And he also said, "Wow, you know, you kind of took me on this this journey of my life, and I, I thought of things I haven't thought about in years, and it was such a different interview." Yep. So, I truly appreciate that, and I I definitely no, don't want to be a cook- so just like you guys as a band. I don't want to
1: be a cookie cutter interviewer. <laughs> absolutely, and you are doing a great job. I will definitely thank you, uh, Kyle. Love your show as often awesome as possible, and uh, anytime you want us back, let me know.
0: Okay, thank you so much and much success.
1: Thank you, Carrie. You have a good day.
0: You too. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Blacklight District. If for any reason you tuned in a little late, you could check out the podcast. It will be available once the interview is over. Again, go to BLDMusic.com and pick up their album right now. As you said, it is going to become a full-length album called Worldwide Controversy, but right now it's available as two EPs titled With Me Now. I wanted to do a couple of quick plugs that I didn't get a chance because the interview is just flowing so well. didn't want to interrupt them. So everyone, if you are a fan of comedy, we we're talking a little bit about Howard Stern. Uh, everyone needs to check out Davin's Den. It's a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh, at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6 30 p.m. Eastern Time. To watch live episodes here, or watch old episodes, or to find out more about the show, go to Davin's Den page at DavinComedy.com. Also, please check out TalentSpotlightMagazine.net. It is an amazing online magazine that does really thorough and comprehensive interviews with artists, musicians, filmmakers, and other people involved in entertainment. Again, that's talentspotlightmagazine.net. So next week, which is going to be February 3rd on Monday, we are going to bring the hard rock band Catharsis on, and I sincerely apologize. Unfortunately, we are on the East Coast. That's where I'm located. And last week we had a really bad snowstorm on Tuesday, so unfortunately we had limited internet connection. So they are rescheduled for this upcoming Monday, February 3rd, so tune in for them at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Also this month, we have uh, Three Years Hollow coming on board, too, to do an interview, and they're doing some uh, dates right now, touring with uh, the band we just had on, Black Light District. And, again, tons of interviews. Please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. Go to The Carrie Edelman Show and like the page. Um, Also on Twitter, you can follow me at Carrie Edelman, and if you follow me, I will follow you. And lastly, befriend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages. One of them is maxed out, but love to keep in touch with people that way, too. So thank you so much, everyone, again, for tuning in. Great interview with Blacklight District, and uh, be sure to check these guys out. Amazing band, and currently, as they said, touring with Saving Able. So thanks again, everyone, and have a great night.